There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. My name is Brandon LePray, and with me, as always, the Chicago Submission Machine, Bear DeGiulio. I might have to trademark that. That's pretty good. Uh, nobody I has thought that. of that before. No. Fuck. <laughs> uh, damn it. I already ruined the explicit <laughs> And the explicit tag is already here. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Heel Turns and Headlocks. We are here today because we love talking about wrestling. And we are going to preface this wonderful wonderful episode about dream matches with the fact that yes we know Samoa Joe hates being asked who his dream matches are so we figured we'd answer the question for him so no one has to ask him again and this is going to be potentially a two-part series you'll see what we're talking about when you hear the second part for now we are going to talk about the fact that yes somehow some way Samoa Joe less than a week after being the what lead color commentator at Wrestlemania was released by WWE. Nobody really understands it. It just, it is what it is, right? At this point, you, we just have to accept it and move on. Samoa Joe, one of the very best ever. Anybody who's watched the last 20 years of his career knows that's the case. He helped put Ring of Honor on the map. He helped put TNA on the map. And wherever he's gone, he has been wildly successful. To some extent, he helped put NXT on the map. He was the first ever two-time NXT champion if people care to remember that fact. Uh, he was also a multi-time United States champion in WWE. He won the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic with Finn Balor. He had a successful run. Injuries got in the way. We saw some great Samoa Joe matches. He and AJ Styles had a banger over the, w, uh, the WWE Championship. He also had a great match with Brock Lesnar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, we never got to see Samoa Joe as WWE champion, even though we all know it should have happened, but that's not why we're here. We are here to talk about the things that Joe hates, and those are dream matches. And, well, the obvious starting point with that conversation is the obvious company that Joe could potentially sign with. The new number two, if you will, in American professional wrestling, and for a lot of wrestling fans in their hearts, number one. Uh, we are obviously talking about AEW, All Elite Wrestling. And, well, when we tried to come up with five dream matches for Samoa Joe and AEW, it turned into more like 12. So bear with us, if you will. <laughs> uh, we're going to give you the five that we chose as the five, but these honorable mentions might as well just be an extension. We'll try and keep it both informative and brief so we don't, take up your entire car ride to work but if you want us to take up your entire car ride to work we're here for you Bus and we have a number where you can call us to do that i'll talk to you i'll exactly. do it he literally will he will take time out of his day at work because he's driving to and around work so uh, too much information uh that's, no. that's okay. 
Let's jump right in, ladies and gentlemen. Samoa Joe, five dream matches in AEW. That has to start with a guy that, yes, we've seen him wrestle this person before in a WWE ring. But if we are looking for a way to kickstart the post-WWE career of Samoa Joe to revalidate and reestablish Joe as the most dominant force in professional wrestling, imagine if he went Brock Lesnar on this guy's John Cena. We are talking about to this day, the biggest name in AEW, Chris Jericho. And Bear, if you want to make Joe feel like the main event player that we all know he is, if you want to erase all of that doubt from the casual fan's mind or the uninformed mind, if you will, having him dominate Chris Jericho would be a pretty damn good way to do it. Chris Jericho, the king of the reinvention, right? He's had numerous character changes, you know, flip-flopping between being a babyface and a heel, and we know he's damn good at doing both, right? So having Joe feel important, that's how you do it. You put him, you immediately thrust him into a feud with a guy that likes to call himself the greatest of all time, Chris Jericho. He's not either of our goats, but he makes a legitimate claim, you know, we've talked about it before on this podcast, but Chris Jericho's resume is insane. You know, on top of being the first ever AEW world champion, he's held championship gold everywhere. He's ever gone. ECW world television champion, IWGP intercontinental champion, you know, in WWE, the list goes on and on between the undisputed championship world heavyweight WCW, WWF, WWE intercontinental nine times, two time United States champion, European hardcore tag team. My point is like, Jericho's legitimately done everything and the way that he's being utilized currently as of this recording, he is still the leader of the inner circle and he's feuding with MJF's group, the pinnacle. And it's really elevating MJF to new heights as well. Right? Like we're really watching MJF kind of grow as a performer because he's in there with a guy like Chris Jericho. But as of July 14th, the 90 day, no compete clause comes to an end and you know, we'd love to see Samoa Joe end up in AEW, right? But you have to make it feel important. We know how damn good Joe is. So if Joe comes in and immediately is put in a position where he can just decimate a guy, a living legend like Chris Jericho, dude, sign us the hell up. And plus, I can't wait for that Talk is Jericho podcast with Samoa Joe, just bashing everything WWE because that's just what you do when you're released. And it, it's like common, common fact now that you just show up on Jericho's podcast to talk about it. So I can't wait for that. But seeing these two in a ring, yes, we've seen it before, but never to the magnitude that like AEW could potentially present it. And I think that's exactly it. You know, we saw it on Raw. And not to say that Raw is in a big stage. It obviously is. Even at its worst, Raw is still grossing nearly 2 million people a week. Not even 2 million people, 2 million households a week watching the show. It's obviously a big platform. But I think the idea here is Chris Jericho versus Samoa Joe should be presented like a main event feud. It should be presented as the event on the card. And look, we're not saying that Jericho can't get his rematch and show that he can hold his own and Joe still wins, but look, compare it to Brock versus Cena. When Brock Lesnar came back, obviously most people knew who he was. He became in one year a legend in WWE history. And obviously he had his UFC career where he became the UFC heavyweight champion. And that did a great deal for his uh, reputation and popularity as well. 
but Brock Lesnar dominating John Cena in his first match back, it set the stage for everything that happened that was positive or otherwise. That's not the point over the course of the next few years. Samoa Joe would really benefit from being able to get into the ring with a living legend, dominate them, and remind wrestling fans who watched him in TNA and Ring of Honor, and also introduce wrestling fans who didn't to just how dominant the Samoan submission machine truly is. Don't forget, this is the guy who used to have chance of Joe's going to kill you. That's the dominant force he was. This is the guy who had a almost Goldberg-like undefeated streak in TNA. And even in the age of the internet, nobody was complaining about it. He was a force of nature, and I think he still can be. I would love to see a great, I mean, month or so of microphone duels between Joe and Jericho. That would be outstanding. Joe's one of the best talkers in the industry as well, much like Jericho, of course. Again, if Jericho, you know, if they have a series of matches and that's how it plays out, that's great. But I really think if Joe's debut AEW match is to just wreck Chris Jericho, I mean, how much more can you do for a guy who we all know should be a dominant force wherever he goes? Now, moving on from Jericho, who obviously we've said, you know, is able to tip those scales of heel face and play either side of the coin to probably the best pure baby face in AEW question mark uh, a guy who has so much history in professional wrestling and I almost laugh because all the people who love him now used to once make fun of him and go up oh, you don't know who to put the title on in your company give it to him lol not the point I'm being a jerk now I'm sorry uh point is Cody Rhodes ever since that Jericho feud that he had at the very beginning of Dynamite's existence I think Cody Rhodes has, has become a different level of performer. As a babyface in the right environment, he is almost untouchable. His promos are top of the line. And really, as we said, Joe should be dominant. It shouldn't be starting out with 20-minute classics. I think we should see him legitimately beating the crap out of anybody who dares step into the ring with him because unlike a lot of guys who are big and strong joe also has the combination of years of experience underrated athleticism being a great striker and being one of the best technical wrestlers on the planet i think that that makes for the perfect matchup from a perspective of cody playing the underdog to perfection and joe being able to snuff him out but also it gives us a perfect environment for a heel Joe and a face Cody to square off on the mic, to really add depth to both of these characters. I'm not going to criticize anything. I know the pandemic has been weird in wrestling. We've tried to be essentially tried to avoid criticism as much as possible. That's really just not what we do here, but I think maybe Cody Rhodes has suffered a little bit from the absence of a crowd. I think once crowds start returning, a Cody versus Joe feud is absolute money that will sell out any arena and will get everybody hyped as they watch Dynamite, as the crowds go nuts, as these two guys hurl insults at one another. I think that's must-see TV in AEW. And believe it or not, it's actually never happened before. So I guess that's the definition of a dream match, right? So look, I, I, I guess we don't know how it would play out until it happens, but I think if we start with Jericho, the next logical progression seems to be Cody in establishing Joe as that true main event world title level wrestler. Cody, you know, 
being the integral part of AEW he is, it's almost on par with Joe feuding with Chris Jericho, right? Because Cody's one of those household names of AEW. Joe comes in and immediately feels like a big deal. It's just like when it's, it's you know, we may or may not mention this guy's name later, but John Moxley, when he came to AEW, he was immediately put into the position against Kenny Omega, another main event star in AEW. So Joe coming in, you have to make it feel special, right? You do that by having him feud with a guy like Chris Jericho or a guy like Cody Rhodes. Brian said it, and it's really the, I guess, the selling point of what the feud would be. These two are magic on the mic. You know, Cody Rhodes will really bring you in to a feud, make you feel it. You know, that that match in particular he had with Dustin Rhodes, just it's already been a few years. That dog, that dog collar match with Brody Lee, rest in peace, Brody Lee for the TNT championship. Incredible. Cody can go in the ring. Cody's damn good in the ring, but he's more known for what he's been able to do on the microphone, right? Selling you to believe in him. You know, he's been such a good, dynamic, fiery babyface. And we all know what Joe can do. There's a reason why WWE put him in the position in the first place to be a color commentator. It's because he's damn good at talking. So these two talking gold, you can sell this feud for months on TV without them ever having to touch each other until they get into that blood bath that we know both of these guys would do. And plus, you know, both are two time or actually both are one time each ring of honor world champions, which is crazy to think that Samoa Joe legend of ring of honor and Cody Rhodes, I guess, I guess you could consider a legend in ring of honor because he's held the world championship, but they have the same number of world championships in ring of honor. It's crazy to me. I know the rule still stands that Cody Rhodes, unfortunately cannot compete for the AEW world championship, which I think is bullshit, but whatever. This is a feud, much like another couple of feuds here on this list that doesn't need championship gold in order to be, you know, entertaining. It's just two guys that know how to tell a story, that know how to, you know, captivate audiences just by not even, you know, fighting. They do it with their with their words, which is really a hard sell, a hard thing to do in the world of professional wrestling. You know, a lot of guys are more, you know, I can't wait to see them wrestle. I can't wait to see them fight. But with these two guys, it's like, I can't wait to see what they say. I can't wait to hear what they say. So Cody Rhodes, Samoa Joe, again, this is another one of those feuds where Joe comes in, feels like a big deal. You know, it's not like a, this is no disrespect to anybody on dark or dark elevation, but Joe's not a guy you just put on dark or dark elevation and have him just rack up wins against randoms to boost his rankings up or his match record up or whatever. Joe's a guy you main event with. And having him in a feud with Cody Rhodes is just that. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. We're back. All right. <laughs> now that, and that's exactly, I think, the point here. Maybe dream matches isn't even the right way to put it. It's more like dream feuds because these first two embody that. And this next one, we think, embodies that. It's not just about the match. It's about the story. It's about what they can do on the mic. It's about the character work that all of these wrestlers are capable of, and that has to continue. Honestly, I know it's alphabetical, but it almost feels like this is the logical progression of feuds for Samoa Joe. Chris Jericho to Cody Rhodes, 
to John Moxley. You start him with the legend, you continue with the baby face, and then you just have an all-out war to see who is the toughest SOB, and let JR say it, damn it, because that would be a cool-ass thing for, to hear him say, in all of professional wrestling. Uh, John Moxley has... Look, for all that we say about WWE, let's not forget Dean Ambrose had a Hall of Fame career in WWE. The Shield were the most dominant force in wrestling for a while he became a wwe champion he became a three-time intercontinental champion he became a united states champion multi-time tag team champion i mean he won the grand slam right he had a great deal of success but dean ambrose wasn't john moxley it's a different character it's a different breed and that's why yes we've seen samoa joe and dean ambrose before but Samoan Joe and John Moxley would just be a little bit different. And there are so many ways to attack this. If you want to make this about a championship and have Joe potentially be the world champion at that point in time, John Moxley would be a hell of a challenger to solidify Joe's status as the top star in AEW. Of course, John Moxley, a former AEW world champion himself, the longest reigning at this point, I believe. Uh, you could also attack this from a New Japan angle with the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship on the line. There's a lot of championship aspects to this, but I think really what it just boils down to is two of the best talkers in professional wrestling, two of the toughest men in professional wrestling, and two guys who have proven over and over again that they can deal out a great deal of punishment. It's almost like the, was it the immovable object and the unstoppable force? That's exactly, or irresistible force, excuse me. That's exactly what this is. And I, I really, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on a world title environment, but really I think Joe makes a lot of sense when you look at the AEW world championship lineage so far as that next world champion. And maybe it's a little too soon for people because he wasn't there from the start. But I would disagree with that. I would say that Samoa Joe and what he did in Ring of Honor and TNA is a big reason why AEW was possible in the first place. You know, the success of those companies set the stage for what we see today. And Samoa Joe is one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of both companies. And not only that, but one of those definitive stars who stood out from the pack. I think inserting him into that world title picture makes a lot of sense and obviously if you're going to do that there is probably no feud in all of AEW, jericho and cody included better to solidify his main event status than to go up against one john moxley i just man you think about the potential of this feud and i was actually texting brain when joe was released and i'm like man Imagine if, if even if we don't get this feud, just imagine Samoa Joe, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley, just the three of them. Just I, I just want to watch them talk for an hour, just about whatever they want. But if we get this match right between Moxley and Joe, we're guaranteed blood, we're guaranteed carnage, we're guaranteed everything we really love about professional wrestling, you know. As cool as it would be to see Cody Rhodes against Joe, as cool as it would be to see Chris Jericho against Samoa Joe, Moxley's a different breed, man. Moxley's been killing it since he came to AEW. He's had awesome matches with Kenny Omega, with anybody you put in the ring with, you know, quite frankly, Moxley's been killing it. And seeing Joe put in an environment where he can wrestle a guy like Moxley, again, 
Brian said it. They fought on what a random Monday Night Raw yet again in a singles match. You know, yeah, I think Joe won that match, but Moxley isn't Dean Ambrose. That's just the bottom line. You know, you put these two in the ring together, you're guaranteed a damn good wrestling match. And there's, it's hard to, it's it's hard to sell beyond that, right? It's hard to sell because they're just so, both of them are just so damn good at what they do. Plain and simple. If you see Samoa Joe versus John Moxley on any card in the world, you're buying that ticket. You're watching it. You're buying the pay-per-view, whatever it means, you're doing it. I don't even think you're illegally streaming that, by the way. I think you're legitimately buying that match. Yeah. You're buying absolutely. that that pay-per-view. And by the way, don't illegally stream. Never. I would never. I didn't do that for Rebellion this past Sunday. What? Who said that? Support the companies. Don't be like Bear. Uh, <laughs> now, fourth on this list, I mean, let's be real. If we were ranking this instead of doing it alphabetical, this would be number one. All due respect to everything we just said and everything we will say, the dream match is the match that, yeah, we saw it in 2007. Very different time for both men. Samoa Joe versus Kenny Omega. And if I can backtrack a little bit, if I can take back what I said about his best debut would be to dominate Jericho. What if Samoa Joe's debut is to save Impact Wrestling? The company that he is undoubtedly one of the greatest in the history of what if he is the one who defeats Kenny Omega to save the impact world championship and bring it back to its rightful place. Joe gets to put a bow on his TNA slash impact career, win another world championship, which his resume certainly deserves to have on it. And then make the transition back to AEW where now he has beaten the current AEW world champion. There are a hundred ways to present this feud, obviously. That's just one idea. Reality is Kenny Omega versus Samoa Joe. It's we need to see it. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe produced who knows how many countless mat uh, uh, classic matches, excuse me. Literal five-star matches between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe really was the epitome of what made the X Division special because he could wrestle any style against any opponent and not only dominate, but everything, you know, eliminating kayfabe, everything made sense. It's why he was so great in Ring of Honor. It's why he held that Ring of Honor World Championship for 645 consecutive days, the longest consecutive reign in Ring of Honor history. And then you have Kenny Omega, someone who a lot of people have called this generation's AJ Styles. I know AJ's still wrestling, but you know what we're talking about. This generation's best in the world. Samoa Joe has always had a stake to that claim. And I think that right there is the only selling point you really need. Samoa Joe, Kenny Omega, it's the dream match. It's the wrestling match that we're all desperate to see. And while we've just given you three examples of Joe being a great heel, what if he comes in as the anti-hero? What if he comes in and he just talks down Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers? What if he just dresses them all down, goes straight for that AEW World Championship? And honestly, Honestly, can you really, I know that we as people who have been watching it, I mean, you've heard me say it, you've heard Bear say it a hundred times, we want Hangman Page to be world champion. He is the future of AEW. But think about the lineage that this would create if your first four AEW world champions are Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, 
and Samoa Joe. That title is validated in four successive title reigns as arguably the best pure wrestling world championship in the entire continent, in the entire world. Maybe I won't say that over, obviously, the IWGP heavyweight title that no longer exists. So I guess you can't say that. Uh, Look, however you want to do it is however you want to do it. But the reality is Samoa Joe, Kenny Omega, that is box office. That is dream match 101. And hopefully we get to see that. And hopefully we get to see Samoa Joe be the one who dethrones the tyrannical Kenny Omega. The tyrannical, look at you. No, but you're right. Like, it's kind of like perfectly falling into place almost to a fault where it's like, you know, if you guys watched Rebellion and you didn't illegally stream it, Samoa Joe actually showed up on the commercial for um for the next pay- for the pay per view in July, which will be Slam Anniversary. You know, TNA slash Impact Wrestling does a really funny slash good job of making you want to watch because they know when these guys ninety day no compete clauses up, right? So they they advertise Samoa Joe, they advertise Mickey James, they advertise Chelsea Green. You know, all former TNA slash Impact Wrestling legends seeing Joe come in for example this is just one example of a plethora that you know the, our efed minds are just rolling right now just thinking about the potential ways of joe could come in but having joe become the guy to bring the tna impact wrestling championships back home it's insane to think that like this perfectly fell in the laps of don Callis and scott demore and whoever else runs impact wrestling you know what i mean like if you're if you're whoever runs has the checkbook, give Joe a blank check, you know, have him come in. He'd easily all, you know, no disrespect to anybody currently on the impact roster, but Joe would be your biggest name by far. Having him come in, become that star that we all know he is. He's on the Mount Rushmore of TNA wrestling. I think that much is fair to say him, AJ, him, AJ styles. There are two, you know, Christopher Daniel. I could go on and on about the guys that just, revolutionized TNA, right? But having him come, having Joe come in, be the guy to bring the titles back home from Kenny Omega on top of getting an insanely great, probably a five, six, whatever star match out of those two, Joe comes home. At the end of the day, Joe's home is TNA, right? But if we don't get that and Joe signs with AEW, guess what? Having Joe as one of the, like Brian said, one of the first four guys to win your championship, gold. I know it's it sucks that he got released, but it's really like almost like a blessing in disguise for us as fans because we don't know the medical um, complications that he was going through in WWE. Maybe WWE doctors wouldn't clear him, and he could get cleared elsewhere. Who knows? But the possibilities are endless, and we're just we're so excited because this is the legitimate dream match: Kenny Omega versus Samoa Joe. It's got to happen, right? I think it's just it has to. The forbidden door has been open anyway, so yeah. And it's literally, it's the match. If you don't like the comparison between Kenny and AJ, whatever, sorry. But it's just the reality. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Look, there's a reason Kenny succeeded AJ as the leader of Bullet Club. The similarities are there. AJ Styles, whether or not you thought he was the best wrestler in the world, he was unequivocally one of the guys who was always in that discussion for literally over a decade 
And the guy who some people feel surpassed him was Kenny. Based on what we've seen between Joe and AJ, Joe and Kenny kind of feels not only necessary, but inevitable. Now, I guess we'll give you a fifth and then we'll go to the honorable mentions. Really, everything from this point on kind of blurs together as, holy crap, can you imagine how good this match or rivalry or both would be? And that starts with a guy who I think would be a great callback to the X Division days of yesteryear, if you will. The X Division that Samoa Joe dominated on many an occasion. The guy who would have fit perfectly in that X Division is Ray Phoenix. A guy who actually does have some, you know, TNA experience himself, but Ray Phoenix, you know, I think a lot of us have been talking him up as one of the preeminent stars in professional wrestling. He's only 30 years old, which is ridiculous to think about. But that dude, one of the best high flyers any of us have ever seen. He has experienced a pretty significant amount of success early. I mean, I guess somewhat early in his career. He recently won the Men's Casino Tag Team Royale in AEW with Pac. He was the High Flyer of the Year at the Dynamite Awards. So there's that. He's also a former Impact World Tag Team Champion. So there is history. He has a great deal of success in AAA. Uh, You know, Lucha Underground. If you watch Lucha Underground, Ray Phoenix, or I guess at that point, just Phoenix, one of the, the standout stars of that company. One of the reasons that he has become one of the most impressive and revered high flyers on the planet is because he is fearless. And I think that makes for the perfect matchup with Samoa Joe, someone who has no fear, someone who will not be intimidated and will take every chance necessary to do what they have to do to defeat you. Samoa Joe is the perfect opponent to be the, the counterbalance for a Ray Phoenix. It's the perfect balance between elite high flyer and elite technical wrestler. And then you mix in elite brawling and sneaky athleticism and everything else that makes Joe literally one of a kind. Uh, You know, Phoenix, Joe, to me, if you had sold this to me as an X Division championship match, I would have bought that pay-per-view. So there's that. This is another match that, you know, it's pure wrestling, right? We would get such a different unique clash of styles ray phoenix is one of the greatest high flyers in the world today i don't think that's a hot take or anything like that and then uh, samoa joe is one of the greatest brawlers technical wrestlers i've ever seen quite frankly having those two mesh those styles together just captivating television above all else you know we haven't seen ray phoenix have that singles singles success quite yet but brian said it the luck the magic number here is 30 Ray Phoenix is only 30 fucking years old. Like, dude, he's got a lot, you know, barring injuries, knock on wood. I'm knocking on my head right now. Barring injuries, like Ray Phoenix has a lot of time left in the world of professional wrestling. If, you know, and I know AEW has done a really good job of pushing the young generation as the stars, the future stars, you know, Ray Phoenix is one of those guys. It's almost like a, present versus future match if you think about it present being joe who just has to be presented in the way of being the present you know what i mean against a guy like ray phoenix who is still so it's weird because he's not even early into his career he's been wrestling since 2005 but i guess to us americans we haven't really seen him until he reached impact wrestling where he's a one-time tag team champion with pentagon jr his brother so 
this above all else, I'm it's gonna I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. It's just one of those dream matches we want to see purely based on the clash of styles in the ring. And I guess on that note, we're just gonna kind of rattle off these other honorable benches. We'll give you a little bit of depth, but rattle them off and just start with Hangman Adam Page. I think this is another one of those great stories mixed with great wrestling ones. Hangman is, if you listen to us, you know, Hangman is our pick for being the literal face of the company within the next year or two. He's that damn good. The character development that he's provided us with as fans has been truly special. And he routinely steps up and shows just how good he is in the ring. Putting Hangman against Samoa Joe would not only be validation for Joe, but would go a long way towards helping Hangman also establish himself as that legitimate, surefire, undisputed main eventer. Joe is going to be, you know, Joe's going to help that roster above anything. Hangman Page is another one of those guys, super young, super gifted, super athletic, super everything. He's easily going to be the face of that face of that franchise, face of that brand. Having him compete against Joe is just, it's another, you know, we could have easily made a claim for this not to be an honorable mention, but I think it's another one of those matches we will see. And I think it will main event as well. But seeing Joe against Hangman Page would definitely be one of those dream scenarios for us because we know how damn good both guys are at storytelling above all else in the ring, on the mic. Hangman's a very, Hangman's layers as a character are just incredible. Yeah. Seeing Joe kind of use that to his advantage would be perfect to see on TV. Absolutely. And that really carries over into this next one. That is Darby Allen. You know, the man who will not die versus Joe's going to kill you. Darby is becoming a star. You know, the way he's presented, the way he presents himself, the, the quality of the matches he's having as TNT champion, even before he was TNT champion, he was doing great. But, you know, I think that effort has been clear on AEW's behalf to, to establish Darby Allen as one of the top stars in the company. I mean, they paired him with Sting. I don't really think you need to make much more of a statement than that. And Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe doesn't get much better than that if you want to see an underdog story play out. I just want to see these two beat the hell out of each other because Darby Allen can take pain and Samoa Joe can kick ass. I think that's all I got for that one. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Writes itself, oh, books itself. We haven't said that one in a while. Hey, there you go. Call back. <laughs> now, moving on from one that books itself to one that we just hope gets booked. Uh, Dax Harwood, one half of the... FTR, Fear the Revolution, Fear the Revelation, Fear the Revival, uh, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Dax Harwood, really, obviously one of the best tag team wrestlers on the planet. His tag team partner, obviously incredible as well. But Dax, he's been featured in a lot of singles matches lately, I feel like. And we've really gotten to see how great of a technical wrestler he is. So me personally, I just want to see two, you know, two meaty men slapping meat. Uh, to, I haven't said that one in a while either. I know we're, we're bringing back the classics. Uh, two great technical wrestlers, two great brawlers, Harwood and Joe. I don't know if this would main event anything, but I think it would be a show stealing match on Dynamite and sign me up. Dax Harwood has really come into his own. Um, he had a really good match, singles match with Chris Jericho. We don't really know what he's capable of doing as a singles competitor. But his work in the pinnacle 
in particular has been really good. And I can't, I, I think this is another one of those matches. Yeah, you're right. It won't main event, but it'll definitely, sorry, my son is yelling at me, but it's definitely one of those. Ma- it's definitely one of those matches that we will definitely want to see. Absolutely. And I mean, that perfect segue into the next one, Miro, you know, we said earlier, a movable object, irresistible force. This is exactly that. Two of the hardest hitting wrestlers in professional wrestling, two guys who are not afraid to make you tap out. In fact, they seem to find a great deal of joy in it. I think this is a, I would say it's a, a pretty much a dream match, you know, two guys who found consistent success where they wrestled at one point two guys who physically dominated where they were and now we get to see them in the ring in AEW where maybe the the uh, restraints are taken off if you will and we get to see two guys who are more athletic for their size than maybe they should be going at it and that actually could very well be a main event for dynamite or even a match on a pay-per-view Everybody knows my love for Miro, but it's just two meaty men slapping meat, and that's all there is to that one. He too, you know, like this one's another one. Yeah, probably main events a, a dynamite for sure. And putting Miro in a position against a guy like Joe, I think, could really showcase just what Miro can do. We already know what Joe can do, but we don't really we don't really know what Miro can do in the ring quite yet. I know he hasn't really been able to showcase that. But having these two go at it, it's almost like a test of strength for a guy like Miro who could really use a match like this. Now, bear with us. We've only got a few left. Uh, Next on the list, Nick Jackson. Uh, Pretty much the same reason as Ray Phoenix. Nick Jackson, to me, legitimately the smoothest wrestler in the world. Uh, Tremendous high flyer. Obviously delivers one of the best super kicks in the game. But really, Nick Jackson, every time you see him in the ring, he does something that makes you say, wow. And putting a guy like him up against Samoa Joe would not only produce a great match, but I really think it could also be what kickstarts Nick Jackson potentially having a singles run as a competitor. I'm not saying break up the Young Bucks, but Nick Jackson is so, so good that honestly, just being able to see that match, I would call that a legitimate dream match. Nick Jackson really... We talk a lot about Ray Phoenix and with good reason. I think Nick Jackson, as they've proven in the ring with one another, he goes step for step, stride for stride with Phoenix. And much like Ray Phoenix, he's young, despite having so much experience, not only in the ring, but in the spotlight as a professional wrestler. It it, it almost defies explanation just how good he is. And look, we've seen Nick Jackson, or I guess Max and Jeremy Buck, in TNA at one point is Generation Me. Uh, Samoa Joe, obviously, an all-time great on the TNA end of things. So there is something to tie together. I mean, Nick Jackson also has extensive experience in Ring of Honor, where he's a former three-time World Tag Team Champion and two-time World Six-Man Tag Team Champion. There's a lot that ties these guys together to some extent, but I think, really, if you want to build joe by just showing how good he is in the ring this match is perfect and if you just want to build nick jackson as a singles competitor by showing how good he is regardless of whether or not he can tag someone in i mean putting him with joe is the best way to do it i love nick jackson i think he's one of those guys that's definitely going to succeed excuse me succeed as a singles competitor when the time arises i know he's currently a aew tag team champion alongside his brother matt but I think he's barely scratched the surface as a singles competitor, having him go against Alec Joe. Another one of those, man, Joe could just be an event with anybody. 
probably main event dynamite with Michael Nakazawa for all we know. But this next guy in particular, I'm really excited to talk for talk about because seeing Joe against Orange Cassidy would just be compelling ass television because Orange Cassidy is compelling ass television. Look, Orange Cassidy is probably the most polarizing wrestler. You know, there are people who love what he does and people who genuinely hate it. Uh, wherever you land is wherever you land. Reality is we've seen repeatedly. We saw it specifically against Chris Jericho and against Pack. Orange Cassidy, when he has a big match to get up for, he delivers a hell of a performance. I think this would be probably a career-defining match for Orange Cassidy and one that could really launch him back into that title picture where I think maybe he's struggled to get back to after originally building that momentum. Uh, look, Orange Cassidy versus Joe is probably a match that none of us imagined five or six years ago. But in 2021, it's suddenly become a virtual dream match. And if not a dream match, at least one that we all know at the very least, would be incredibly entertaining. And that's reason enough to put it on this list. Now, moving on, I promise you we're almost done here, folks. Pack, we just mentioned him. Well, he deserves to be mentioned. If you make a list of the top 25 male wrestlers in the world today, I don't think many people would disagree with having both Pack and Samoa Joe on that list. They are top of the line professional wrestlers. And we've obviously seen what Pac can do all over the world. He was great as NXT champion. He really put the cruiserweight division in WWE on his back as well. Uh, he has proven himself as a tag team wrestling. I mean, he did so in NXT where he's a two-time champion, including one reign with one Corey Graves. Uh, he did it in PWG with Roderick Strong where he won the championships. He's done it in Japan. He's done it in the United Kingdom. He's done it all over the world. And now he and Ray Phoenix, as we mentioned earlier, men's casino tag team Royale winners in 2021. They just had a really good match with the Young Bucks on Dynamite a few weeks ago, furthering that reputation of being, you know, what Pac is, which is one of the most versatile wrestlers in the world and you know we compared kenny omega to aj styles i think pack has a lot of similarities to aj as well you know you're talking about a guy who can really execute in virtually every way one of obviously one of the absolute best high flyers probably ever but also very adept as a technical wrestler his striking has improved tremendously and physically he's one of the most intimidating wrestlers in the world you know, he, he, he's listed at five foot eight and 194 pounds. If that's the case, I mean, that's a, uh, as Biggie would say, a meaty 194 pounds. I look, I think that this is a match that not only would it steal the show, regardless of what card it's on, but it would legitimately be one of the highlights of AEW's year, one of the highlights of Pac and Samoa Joe's careers, just in terms of being able to maybe take two guys who, you know, Joe, I know we're talking about establishing him right away as a world champion level wrestler, which I think we all know he is, but taking two guys that maybe aren't in that automatic AEW spotlight, you know, not, it's just kind of the way it is. You know, you look at Jericho, Cody, Moxley, Kenny, and Hangman, that's kind of like the big five, right? 
Did I say five? I think so. Big five. And then you get, you know, Darby Allen. It seems like those are the six that are being built around. I think a feud or even just a match or two between Samoa Joe and Pac would be a great way to prove that they belong in that conversation with those wrestlers at the top of the card. And hopefully that's what we get to see because Pac, I know for a lot of wrestling fans is a guy who we're all kind of anticipating his rise to that world title picture. We talked about, you know, Samoa Joe in that world championship discussion. Pac has all the talent to be in that same place. You know, he and Kenny Omega repeatedly stole the show during their early rivalries on the, the AEW scene, including an Ironman match that to me is really in the discussion for being the best match that Dynamite has produced so far. Look, I, I can't tell you where it's going to go for either one of these wrestlers from there. I can't tell you if it's even going to happen, but I think Bear and I both sincerely hope that it will because Pac and Joe, two of the best in the world today, top 25 talents, and that might be underselling it for both men. Dude, there's so many guys on this list that we can just go down. Joe against anybody on this roster would just kill it. I'm looking at AEW's roster right now. Joe against Pentagon Jr., gold. Joe against Powerhouse Hobbs, who's really coming into his own as a competitor on AEW Dynamite, gold. Joe against, you know, Ricky Starks. I think those two would just be magic on the mic together. Joe against anybody in Team Taz because of Joe's history with Taz in particular and TNA, I think would really be a cool callback to the golden days of TNA. We're just two TNA marks if you will. I'm going down this list. And again, like I, there's just so many damn names, Joe against sting one more time. Fuck it. Run it. We saw it in TNA Do it again. Sting still got it. Apparently. I mean, we saw it at the, when he teamed with Darby Allen against Brian cage and Ricky Starks, Sting still got it. Clap, 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 clap. My point is, you know, oh, Joe against Wardlow, Joe against Trent. We actually had Trent as one of the names. Yeah. We love Trent on this podcast. We think yeah. Trent has, all the tools in the world to be a legitimate superstar having Trent against Joe. I'm sorry for running the list down the way that I just did, but I'm just, it's exciting to think. And again, we don't know where Joe's going to land. I don't know if you hear that in the background. Okay. never mind. I don't know where Joe's going to land, but at this point, man, like it almost has to be AEW, right? Although, Seeing him in Impact again would really be cool. And seeing him in Ring of Honor again would really be cool. So watch him end up in NWA or something. I don't know. Regardless of where he ends up, there's obviously a long list of dream matches. AEW being probably the most likely destination, as Bear said. And if that does happen, the last two matches we have to add would be Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. And if you don't know why, damn it, watch some TNA. Just shit on YouTube. Was revolutionary. It was AEW before AEW. And look, really, Joe, one of the best ever. And I really hope that the people who hear that statement and roll their eyes go back and watch. Or if, look, if you disagree, you disagree. It is what it is. But Joe, really, he revolutionized wrestling. To this day, I don't think there's anyone in wrestling who is built like him and does what he does. There may be more wrestlers today who are built like him and he opened that door for a lot of people, but the things he does are so explicitly unique to Samoa Joe and to see him get that 
platform with AEW would be awesome where he could go out there and just prove just how good he is because he really is outstanding. And hopefully all these matches happen. Hopefully at least a couple of these feuds happen, regardless of how it happens or whether or not it plays out at all. We thank you for listening. And as Bear said, we got a number to show. We got some merch to tell you about. And then there's going to be a guy at the end who's going to do our jobs better than us. He definitely does at least my job better than I do. But he'll tell you all about the social medias. However, if you disagree with our list, you shouldn't. But, I mean, look, we want constructive criticism. Tell us we suck. Tell us we blow. Tell us we're good. We would like affirmation. 614-450-0366. Text it. Call it. Bear will answer. Nobody's called it yet, but I will answer. Watamaneuver.net forward slash collections forward slash heel dash turns dash headlocks. Infant onesies, tank tops, t-shirts. We got them all at whatamaneuver.net. And uh, Mr. LaPrey, I think it's your, it's my cue. It's your cue. Jesus, I can't talk. Mr. LaPrey, take it away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this lengthy, extensive episode. And if you did, beautiful. Look, we are so happy to be to be doing this i mean we're more than a year in that seems surreal to say we're gonna keep going so we hope that you keep joining us for this ride and well if you're not going to keep joining us at least do what you should do and that is stay safe and if nothing else keep on loving professional wrestling boom you've been listening to heel turns and headlocks with bear DeGiulio and brian lapray We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.